Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Warwardell, joined by Greg Crown. Gregory, how's it going? Ah, uh, you know, the, the, the hockey starts tomorrow. That's, or today, I guess, at this point. Uh, that That's really where my head's at. Everything else is sort of a blur to me. Ah, yes. The yet another exciting hockey season is, uh, is upon Chris, us. 116 straight days of hockey starting Wednesday. Like... It's- this sounds like what I would have to endure if I was sent to hell. <laughs> I mean, you got to just get excited. This is going to be fantastic. Everyone's super excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're marching you, to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Are you just telling yourself this so that you, you're trying to make it real? Uh, probably, probably. But uh, I mean, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, weird season. I was already looking at the schedule. Uh, the NHL is doing something similar to the NBA with the like, uh, you know, two games in a row against the same team situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of where they're going to kind of ride it out as they go trying to get through um, interesting developments with some COVID. I think reports came out earlier that 17 players in the Dallas Stars have it. So they're being delayed at least a week. So sure. that's interesting. That'll but, happen. Yeah. Yeah. So outside of that, only 10 other players across the league tested positive in their last round of testing they did so very interesting but uh, i'm excited to have yet another sport back and up and running yeah i mean it's uh it's a sport i suppose <laughs> uh, and i'm i'm i'll tell you what i'm excited that you're excited because you're my friend and i want you to be happy short oh, well, of that you. i don't care even a little i do have bovada sportsbook open in front of me however so it it makes as much sense as ever, to talk about the uh, the futures that they have for this year's NHL season. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to delve too deeply into this because, you know, my thoughts on hockey are very clear. The uh, But we will talk about the top. The Avalanche, the favorite at plus 650 at Pavada. How do you feel about that? Very good team. Very good team. Uh, you know, obviously going into last year. Fell short a little bit in the playoffs, which was a little bit disappointing, but it's hard to count them out. With McKinnon, um, I mean, they'll get Landeskog back, I believe. It's mm-hmm. going to be – they're going to be a team to, to really reckon with in the Western Conference. I, I like I like their chances a lot. Okay, Landeskog is clearly a made-up name. And in McKinnon, I'm, I assume you're talking about SNL cast member Kate McKinnon. Uh, no, I am not. I'm talking about former number one overall pick. Uh, former number one overall pick Nathan McKinnon. Damn, that's a little disappointing because you know – I usually know a little bit about the top guys because I don't care about hockey, but will still watch the hockey draft. And uh, <laughs> I, I had no idea who that guy was. So I guess I guess I missed that year. Uh, your, uh, your beloved Philadelphia Flyers, the sixth best odds to win the Stanley Cup at Bavada at plus 1500. How do you feel about that? I mean, I love the Flyers. I spent part of Sunday night um, while it was halftime of the Steelers-Browns uh, we can call that a game, I guess. Um, during halftime, they they aired a uh, inner squad scrimmage between uh, the, the the guys on the Flyers and boy, let me tell you, did it get me excited? Uh, this team is going to be 
So good. And I know all these comments right now are going to absolutely come back to haunt me when they miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I have so much faith in this team that they are going to absolutely skyrocket from what they did last year and just be able to build upon that. Uh, it's they, they look good, Chris. They look good. Well, I was in at the beginning, but then they failed to land Landis Gog this offseason and just <laughs> no interest at this point. If they're not going to take it seriously, neither am I. I can't blame you. I can't blame you at all. The uh, the worst odds to win the Stanley Cup at Bavada, the Detroit Red Wings, plus 1250. Uh, any chance the Red Wings are competitive? No. I mean, they just... They had that like twenty five plus year run of just yeah. sheer dominance. And how training. how has Chris Chelios been <laughs> retired for? A how very about long Chev time. Chelios? Mm, I don't know who that is. That's Jason Statham's <laughs> character in Crank, an underrated wow. film. Wow, uh, unreal! I think I've seen like four scenes from that movie, which is probably high for most movies, considering I don't watch many. Um, Crank it, you, Crank is a must watch for everyone, just for the I, record. There's zero chance that's true. In the, in the second one, okay, spoilers, he dies at the end of the first one. In the second <laughs> one, he wakes up and uh, they've they've taken out his heart and put in an artificial heart. And he needs to charge it with electricity to keep living while he can figure out what's going on. It's amazing. It's every bit as good as it sounds. And it's just I can't encourage people enough to watch it. I own the Crank 4K Blu-ray. I can't believe this is what passes for entertainment nowadays. Like what? <laughs> it's, it's on my it's on my voodoo. You can watch it. Just I, and I would encourage you to do that after we stop recording. Fine, maybe maybe I'll I'll get on the Peloton and then I'll be like, listen, tonight we're watching Crank. You can imagine that you were Jason Statham and you need to keep pedaling that Peloton so you don't die. I don't. Want this is a speed like situation. This could be speed three as well. I'm sure there was a speed three. Um, probably straight to VHS if I had to guess. That's always the most interesting part of it. I know we've completely gone off the trail. Sorry, there was no no speed three, by the way. I I I feel like there's like a Home Alone six. There's got there is, and can I tell you, Alexa swears that Home Alone three is the best Home Alone, and to the point where I I have watched it multiple times. It's atrociously bad. Listen. It's very bad. It's yeah. very. It's a, yeah. That's arguably one of the worst takes I've heard about movies ever. Um, <laughs> the fact that there's a Tooth Fairy two and not a Speed three is uh-huh. a little bit alarming to me. Who takes over the, the titular Tooth Fairy role? I mean, it's probably. You want to talk about polar opposites? You go from the Rock in the in the first one to Larry the Cable Guy. Oh wow! I'm seeing this one. now. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, a movie. And my life, Larry the Cable Guy's in my life far too much currently because he does that voice in Cars, mm-hmm. and I'm also not allowed to watch anything but the original Cars. We don't watch Cars two or three. It's reg, mm-hmm. it's original Cars or nothing in the Cars uh, franchise in this household for some reason. I respect the take. Like you, you have to find what you like and stick with it. I guess Lightning the 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 continued antics of Lightning McQueen were just not as good after uh, Cars one. Apparently, apparently. Toy Story 1, 2, and 4, 3 is an absolute no-go. There's a lot of weird really? rules around there, here. There's a lot of arguments being made that Toy Story 3 is the best one. Sure, for me and you, not for a two-and-a-half-year-old or three-year-old now at this point. Does does she just not like, and it's? I think it's important that we really delve into your child's viewing habits, does she just not like that uh, there is that scene where it appears they're all going to die in a fire? Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's pretty much exactly that's where fair. it is. 
That's fair. I mean, it's, 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 it was it's a not, bold move by them. It's not bad reasoning, I will say. It's Can not I tell bad you, reasoning. the masochist in me, like, I would be interested in going back in time and witnessing the theater experience, really any theater experience, given what the, the climate of the world is like right now, but what the, the theater experience was like at like, you know, like a twelve fifteen show on a Saturday for toys three, when it's basically just like all parents with their kids. Honestly, it was probably pure mayhem. Was like there, pure, you think there was crying? Oh, there was definitely crying. I had to be crying. It yeah. was, it, kids get irrationally emotional about like literally everything that, that is, you're talking about going off the deep end for something like that. Real, uh, real bold move by the uh, the gentleman at Pixar, but yeah, I yeah, would say so. It worked out. All right, um, so <laughs> pull, pulling this back on track, and ironically, we did talk, we did uh, allude to the fact that we were going to talk about baseball movies this week. We're not going to do that, but we uh, in the future, there's there's going to be plenty of time for that. I imagine if we can get all this super important hockey talk out of the way. Let's talk about what happened last night. The uh, the 2021 college football national championship game was held, if you can call it a game, uh, as you uh, as you so classily said about the Brown Steelers game as well. Just a blowout from really the second quarter on. Alabama destroys Ohio State. Seems like Ohio State gave everything they had in that win over Clemson uh, ten days prior. My question to you, Gregory, is there's a lot of talk right now that this Alabama team is uh, is on that Mount Rushmore of all-time great college teams up there, potentially against last year's LSU Tigers team headlined by Joe Burrow. How do uh, how how do the Alabama how do Alabama how does Alabama rank all-time for you and who wins that head-to-head matchup 2021 Alabama versus 2020? Or it might have even been, eh, I guess it was 2020. 2020 LSU. That that offense for Alabama is, is so incredible. Yeah. And the way it just flows so easily. I mean, Devonta Smith is just uh, like, uh, I mean, I know we knew it all year. He won the, he won the Heisman. Yeah. Um, but like the show that he put on in one half of football last night was was incredible. It was absolutely, without a doubt, like one of the best performances you're going to see. Defensively, the team, obviously last night they played pretty well. They got some help with Trey Sermon going out. I mean, I know I know Master Teague isn't isn't exactly, you know, he's not like a walk-on, but mm. when you it's a drop down from from where Trey Sermon was and how he was performing to to that. So that definitely benefited them, but from an offensive standpoint, I think they can absolutely go toe to toe with that LSU team. I don't I don't know if defensively they match up the same way, though. Mm. I think LSU probably has the edge a little bit on on the defensive side of the ball. Regardless, though, that Alabama team is just... They were so impressive last night. I picked Ohio State. I thought they could at least keep pace. As soon as Ohio State had to settle for a field goal, I was like, all right, well, this game is is over and it's going to get out of hand because (laughs) you, you you had to keep scoring with them because there was no way... Like, they're going to keep scoring touchdowns. Najee mm-hmm. Harris is going to keep running people over. Like, you have Jalen Waddell out there hobbling well, along. Whether or not he should have been out of there is another question. Pretty, pretty, pretty obvious that he probably shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it was it was something that I really, like, it was very, very impressive. And just really domination, like you said, from the second quarter on. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess there was uh, all the the precautionary stuff about whether or not he could make the injury worse. He's you know very close to healed at this point. But that was a gamble. I, I give Jalen Waddell all the credit in the world for wanting to be out there with his guys. Um, and we saw the center actually take the last snap of the game who had gotten seriously injured as well. But... Oh, man, I don't I don't know that I would have risked that, especially how much they I think they clearly played a more than they wanted to after Smith got hurt in the second quarter. And it just it would have been, you know, catastrophic for Waddle's draft stock as he is a fringy top 10 pick right now to suffer another injury because he was playing injured. Let's talk about Smith, though. Oh, my goodness. This for a guy who. Like the only comps you can really come up with are like Marvin Harrison physically. He's just such an anomaly in terms of his body type for a high level player. Twelve catches, two hundred and what thirteen yards and yeah. three scores in the first half. He he set whole game records in the first half, and then it just it just stunk so badly to see him bang up his finger and he's just he's out for the rest of the game. Because the show he was putting on was something that, you know, potentially we had never seen before. I mean, the fact that he set those records in the first half was just flat out laughable. Yeah. Uh, like his his speed and you can you could see it. Like when he ca- as soon as he catches a pass, you better hope he doesn't have one step on you because if he does, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you can do about it. You're not catching him. I don't care how fast the D back is or a linebacker or whoever's trying to chase him down. I mean, and the way they used him, too. Sarkeesian does, did a great job with a lot of misdirection stuff. Like, the one touchdown he scored, it was the fake reverse, and he comes the other way back out of the backfield, catches the pass, and it's just nobody's going to get to him. Yeah. It was – it was he's, he's unreal. And I know – I know when Howie Roseman eventually passes on him hmm. at six, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at my television screen. Like, it's going to happen. <sighs> Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to find out whether or not he is he's even, even going to be there at six at this point. The top of the draft is going to be fascinating. And the thing about Smith is you're right. He looked so incredibly quick, especially just turning the corner. The knock on him has always been speed. He was a guy who was viewed as a four or five guy. And it's just it's going to be really, really interesting to see what how, or how he runs should he uh, he take part in the combine in a couple of months if if there's a combine in a couple of months that's still very much up in the air right now what they're going to do because man he plays like a, a, a like a high 4 3 guy so that time is going to be really really interesting i well, i hope like- i hope he didn't up like i hope he didn't play him out of being available at 6 i I think the nightmare scenario is neither he nor Chase is available, and uh, I not something I even want to think about. Very real possibility. I mean, very real. Like, like I'm. You look at the draft, and you look at it. It's, it's obviously Jacksonville one, Jets two. You'd hope they both go quarterback, but the Jets aren't a guarantee to go no. quarterback. They're not a guarantee to go quarterback now that they're not the number one seed or but- the number one pick. If they don't go quarterback, I do think they go Penny Sewell from the offensive tackle from Oregon. So that that's not a negative outcome for the Eagles. Then you get to three, the Falcons, new head coach. Got to think that they're seriously looking at a quarterback there. Maybe that's Zach Wilson. Maybe that's Justin Fields. <sighs> I don't know. Or, I'm sorry. The the uh, the Texans are three via. I mean, the Dolphins are three via the Texans. Then the the Falcons four. 
the 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 Texans are a threat. Like there, you could make the argument that oh, the Dolphins are a threat. Yes, you can make the argument that they could uh, they could find it appealing to give to give Tua the ultimate safety blanket in bringing his old college receiver uh, Devontae Smith to Miami. It's the absolute. That is the one team that worries me the most out of everybody above. Because I would think that if the Bengals go receiver, which I don't think they do, I think no. they try to go more offensive line mm-hmm. uh, than anything to protect Burrow. I I don't see, I don't like I don't see how the Bengals wouldn't go Chase if they were if they were to for some reason go receiver right pair yeah. Burrow and Chase back up. Now you have an unbelievable thing. The, the Dolphins are the scariest team there, and it's a very real possibility that that's where what we end up with. And now we're just going to sit here. And be miserable as per usual, but let's 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 put the misery aside for a second and just like you have to imagine that that Devonte Smith moved his draft stock last night, even though for there sure. wasn't much space to go. Like if he if we don't see if we don't see a combine, especially in the last thing you have on film is him being record breakingly good in one half of football. I, I don't know how someone could pass on him. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's going to be fascinating to watch this all play out. It's going to be fascinating to see what this Alabama team looks like. We got a, the briefest of peaks of next year's roster in that final snap when Bryce Young took over for Mac Jones. Alabama at plus 280 is the favorite at Bavada to win the 2021-2022 NCAA National Championship. I don't, can I tell you, I don't know that I'm quite as bullish uh, about this team moving back, um, coming back next year. I don't like the one thing that really interests me for a team that not too long ago, in fact, just last season, had Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle on the roster. I don't see that next receiver. I don't either. Like, uh, Mechie's fine. The guy, but the guys below, they made some catches last night, but there was nobody that really jumped off the page. Slade now, Bolden doesn't scare defenses? Not, <laughs> not in the same way that a. Uh, a Jalen Waddle or Devontae, Devontae Smith, though, it's to me. To me, I don't know if they have. I don't know if they have the skill positions next year to compete or be anywhere near as dominant. They're always compete because it's Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, plus, you're going to be bringing in a new offensive coordinator. Uh huh. It's yeah. Let's mention who that is. Did they announce it yet? They sure did, and it is former Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien. That is wild. Absolutely wild. Who Bob is back. I mean, I mean, if you want to go somewhere to, to eventually con your way, not con your way, but work no, your way into con's probably accurate. Work your way into a, a head coaching position somewhere else. And go and go and coach on Nick Saban's staff for like three years. All of a sudden, you're the head coach at Texas. I don't know. You, I don't know. You want to hear something hilarious? A Bleacher Report mentioned about a week ago another another player that oh another uh, another coach that. Nick Saban was considering for that OC job, Adam Gase. Ah, I don't like that. <laughs> well, I it's not that's... it's not going to happen. But it's just it's there's been a lot of falling upwards, and I would argue that that's almost falling upwards for Gase he at this is, point. He is the most falling upwards guy. No, Press Taylor. In... Okay, I'll give you Press Taylor. That's fine. But but I mean, like what? What yeah. do we do? Like. Listen, Adam Gase had a miraculous run with Peyton Manning, who in this case was, I don't know, arguably 
top three mm. quarterback of all time, maybe top But not two. when he got to Denver. Not when he got to Denver, no. But he still had his mind and yeah. his offensive mind, which absolutely helped him and helped in Adam Gase's designing of that offense that ended up going to a Super Bowl that was practic- that was basically won by their defense. Like, it to, to me... The Adam Gase thing, like, somebody's got to give that guy, make that guy take a break for a year and just, like, mm. relax. Like, disaster in Miami, disaster in New York. It's tough. It's tough, man. Gotta, you gotta relax with that stuff. Take a break for a year and then hopefully people just completely forget he exists. Yeah, go get the highlight, get the Peyton highlight tape out and, and start showing people, hey, look, this is what I did here. Yeah. We you know can, how much, we can know move how on I'm- in a world where Adam Gase does not, uh, it's not something we have to talk about. I completely agree, but do you know how good of a highlight tape if you take a year to make Jets a Jets highlight tape of the Adam Gase era? Oh boy! You could really you could fine tooth comb that to to make you look like a rock star. And you would really have to because that's probably a year's work <laughs> to find a a competent highlight tape over the past couple of years in in New York. What do you think? I don't want to I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole. Um, but while we're talking about New York, what do you think of the potential fit for Doug Peterson there? I mean, it's a perfect fit. He's buddies with the GM. GM used to work in Philly. Joe Douglas. We're, yeah, we're we're all in. That is where Doug Peterson's going. There, there's no doubt in my mind. He might be the Jets head coach by the end of this week. Like, can I can I tell you how delusional Philadelphia fans are, and really any fan? And again, I, I this is the old. I'm one of them, so I can say this about it. It's not okay if other people say it about us. But I was reading the uh, the Eagles Reddit a couple of days ago, and I think it was John McCaffrey came out with the uh, the report that the the Eagles were the team that was being talked about with potentially making a head coach trade, Ugh. and that that they they would could trade Doug Peterson to the Jets. People on the Eagles Reddit legitimately said, "I won't do it unless we get the number two pick in the draft." That is, first of all. <laughs> What? First of all, trading a coach, uh, it's happened like once ever. Yeah. And J- Jay Grudes. Yeah. And it, it, it's just dumb. Like, what are we doing? Please stop with this. And I saw, I saw the similar report. And like, for anyone to think that Doug Peterson, uh, listen, say what you will about the last few, two years with Doug Peterson. The guy did help win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Frank Reddick's offense, yada, yada, yada. It's all, it's all good. But, the way this all went down is insane, and there's no possible way any rational human could believe that someone would trade the number two overall yeah. pick for Doug Peterson. That's bizarre. Yeah, I don't it's know. Absolutely- I legitimately don't know if you can get the number two pick in the draft if you also attach the number six pick and the rest of our draft picks with Peterson. It's, it's a del- it's the, There's a delusion there that I don't understand. Like, I am a delusional fan. I... Root for the Eagles to win in every game, in every situation. Mm. I root for the Flyers, the Sixers, the the um, the Phillies. Phillies. Uh, yeah, like I'll go, I'll go into every single season thinking this is the year, even though I know it's not the year. I know mm. it's I big Philadelphia Union guy. Yeah, they stink. Um, they actually this year was the year they they were they finished number one in the league, and then in perfect Philadelphia fashion. They got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. One game and done. <laughs> Philadelphia Union. I guess that makes them officially a Philadelphia team. Um, overperforming in the regular season and then completely under-deliver, or completely not delivering or living up to the hype in the postseason. 
By the way, um, why why don't we have a WNBA team? No, no, no. That's a good question. I mean, it is a city that that's very basketball friendly, basketball centric. I think you could definitely get people to come to it. Um, that is weird. Now that I think about it, it really seems like there should be a WNBA team, and I feel like I would like I don't like not be an active big time fan, but I would support a WNBA team. Yeah, I probably would too. I mean, I don't. I, 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 you know me. I've watched a ton of women's basketball over mm-hmm. my over my lifetime. Yeah, you, you, can, you consider yourself a scout. Yeah, I wouldn't say scout. <laughs> General manager sounds more accurate. We've had so this I'm, conversation, and and I believe that in you and I just talking about it in jest, your wife disagrees with that assessment. Probably, but listen, <laughs> if 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 we're gonna have a Philadelphia WNBA team, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Right. I, I'm I'm gonna try to be the GM. Okay, go from. Go from, you know, doing podcasts with you to chumming it up with, I don't know, Bill, is Bill Lambeer still a part of the WNBA? Probably, he's right? He's the Las Vegas Aces coach. Perfect. Me and me and old Bill, we'll, we'll, we'll throw back a couple beers and chat about the old days when yeah. basketball was basketball. Maybe punch somebody in a bar. Probably. My guess is that's how that ends, but it's me getting punched. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think the bad boys had it. It just <sighs> knocks me out down face first it would be it would be a scene but there's a lawsuit so in the end of the day you're going to come out fine um really came off track here <laughs> just wrapping this back to where we were who wins uh give me give me your pick right now final answer this year's alabama last year's lsu team i still think last year's lsu team was a better team okay i just do they beat a better they beat the better team in the final yeah um, I mean, I just like Alabama was never really super tested against anybody that was that good of a team. So it's hard to judge. And I think LSU was very, very good and played a lot of very, very good teams. So LSU probably. By the way, LSU plus 3,300 to win the national championship next year at Bavada behind, uh, behind a team like Texas A&M. I'm, uh, I'm surprised by that. Well, it's t- like the LSU thing's weird because... Like, obviously, they had the absolute perfect storm, and now you have to get back into the, the recruiting world and see that's what Orgeron specializes in, right? That's why he was around for so long in all these different all these different programs, and he's, he's the guy who knows how to recruit, so now it's really going to get put to the test. Uh, and I think, I think, obviously, the opt-outs and things like that hurt them a little bit this year. So we'll see if they can bounce back. I don't know if they should be that low uh, there, but... I think I think they're they're due for a much better season next year. Also, I guess the one interesting element of all of this is Miles Brennan should be gone. They have a couple of freshmen, it looks like, battling for the starting quarterback position, Max Johnson and TJ Finley. So that's a story to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, eh, freshman quarterback isn't always the the worst option in the world. We've seen we've seen guys definitely ball out. Um, but LSU's never really outside of Joe Burrow isn't known for strong quarterback play. I guess you can give him Jamarcus Russell, but you can absolutely uh, give them Jamarcus Russell for as terrible a player as he was as a pro. He was an unbelievable college player. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal college player. And I know this means absolutely nothing, but Max Johnson, who appears to be the favorite, was the 129th recruit in the, uh, in the 2020 class. So, oh boy. <laughs> Youth yeah. at the quarterback position for the Tigers. But, I mean, a couple years from now, that pays off. And you never know who ends up there as a grad transfer because 
that happens every single year. So, well, that's the new that's college football now. It's who can you get to transfer in to make your team better. Hey, speaking, speaking of that, I remember a couple of weeks ago there was a conversation about uh, college football players or college athletes in general being being given a one time exception to transfer without having to sit out. Do we remember if that passed or is that still something being voted on? I think it's still pending, but I don't know. I it don't seems remember like we're headed in that direction, that. though. I mean, if coaches do it, why wouldn't they allow players to do it? You know what I mean? I, well, I've always, I've always been an advocate of if, if the coach who recruited you leaves, you should be able to transfer without penalty. And that's, that's the perfect fix to the rule. It's the perfect fix to the rule. Because also, I, don't, I don't like just general free agency happening in college sports. No, I agree. I think that's I think that's not good for the sport as a whole. Yeah. Um. Because then then it just leads to shady stuff, and nobody wants nobody wants shady stuff. So. Well, and heaven forbid you're a like a less a, a lower level team that happens to have a really good player. That guy is absolutely gone. Big time gone. Absolutely. Yeah, Trey Lance might have just won a championship at Alabama. Probably would have. <laughs> Mac Jones did it. Can we like I am I'm so happy Mac Jones won the national championship. Mac Jones is a guy who makes like JD Booty, speaking of LSU, look like an Adonis physically. <laughs> Doesn't matter, buddy. National champion. Mac Jones what? wishes he had current day Ben Roethlisberger's physique. Dude <laughs> Yeah, that picture was tough. The yeah. picture with the cigar is a little tough. But uh <laughs> good for I him was, though. One yeah, hey, listen. One of the I think one of the craziest stats that I saw is that every single player that Nick Saban recruited to Alabama uh-huh, won a national this. championship. Assuming what? that they stayed their entire career and, uh, and you know didn't transfer, yeah. Sure, sure. But that is absolutely absurd. And then I saw somebody I saw somebody tweet something. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't somebody like it wasn't a reporter or anything. It was just some random person and said like they should force Nick Saban to go to the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Well, we tried that briefly. Well, in this, um, it'll lead to other conversations, I'm sure, that we will probably get into very late in the show. Well, I was gonna, I was talking about when he was head coach of the Dolphins, but oh, I yeah. know who, I know what you were talking about, and it leads to a bigger point about a potential coaching candidate in the uh, in the city of brotherly love. Uh, do they have a coaching opening? I was nah, unaware of that. There's a whole thing going on, Chris. It's I was, I was literally. Talk. Oh, actually, I, I was talking to two people. You were one of them. <laughs> yes, I was. At, and I'm complaining about all this Peterson stuff about Peterson wants to promote Press Taylor and bring back Corey Unden. And then he gets fired. <laughs> like, literally, a, as as I was complaining about it. It's almost like he did it on purpose. Yeah, well, there is there's an argument to be made about that. But let's, uh, let's leave that for a little bit later. Right now, I want to talk about what's going on in the National Basketball Association because we're kind of hitting a pivotal point where the league is considering a 7 to 14 day pause to get the coronavirus outbreaks under control. What do you think the NBA should do right now? Well, I can't watch another game that started by like five back, four backups, one starter mm-hmm. and they have three guys on the bench. Oh, did Ben like, start tonight? That's all the spoiler I want. He did. Okay. He did. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, like <laughs> okay. it's to to me to me like it's tough. <sighs> What's the best way to put it? Mm. 
they're pretending to take COVID seriously, and then every like other day we get a report that some new person tested positive, or like three people on the Wizards are in contact tracing protocol. Yeah. Now there's videos of Kyrie Irving at parties maskless. Like it's I don't know what the answer is. I mm. don't know what the answer is. And if you shut it down for seven to ten days, is that the best idea? Sure. It's why you built in that huge gap in the middle of the season. Does that get under control? Does it go crazier because now these guys are off for ten days? Like it's it is an a, a all over the place situation. Like I don't I don't know what they can do. Can I tell you? I always thought that 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 two halves schedule uh, concept was was built in place to allow for a bubble with a trunk with an abridged second half of the schedule. Very well, could be. I mean that. Might be the only option again this year. Yeah, it's like, crazy. We zero zero positives in the bubble, and now I believe. Well, I, I believe pretty much every team has been affected, and we we just saw the uh, Seattle Seahawks were the only team not affected in the NFL this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it comes down, it, and you don't want to say it's personal responsibility because but it is. Well, it is, but there's also times <laughs> where like like. Uh, what was it? The Sixers had Seth Curry test positive while they were playing the Wizards. Yeah. Then nobody, nothing happened on the Wizards right away. Then the Wizards played the Celtics the next day, and Jason Tatum tested positive. That's so like, fair. Did did that come from Seth Curry? Was it a completely separate incident? Like you have no idea. Now there's people in the Wizards who have it. So like, I don't know. I don't know what the ultimate answer is here, and it just it feels like. It feels like all the precautions that they've taken, it's not, it's not working right now. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It's not. It's not. It's not going as swimmingly as I think they all hoped, uh, um, which isn't surprising necessarily because you knew this was going to pop up. But all of a sudden, it's like a deluge of of positive tests all over the place. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but Woj tweeted out the uh, new guidelines in yeah. place today. It's all about there. There's. It's like masks twenty four seven on the bench, unless you go to like basically some, in your personal life as well. Yeah, it's it's unless you go to some like random, some like random seat twelve to fifteen feet away from the bench. You're like then you're allowed to sit there without a mask. It's it's a bizarre. It's it it's weird. Everything's crazy. I don't know, man. I think maybe they should have possibly considered trying to buy a giant batch of vaccines prior to the season starting. But that's that's a horrible optics look. I get that. I, it's just I get it's that. a horrible look. I understand that completely. I do. I, I get it. But a bad optics look is also forcing teams to play with eight players and. Well. Or like, or allowing some teams to not play under similar circumstances. Right, exactly. Like it's like a pick and choose situation. Now the Celtics don't have to do it, but the Sixers had to play with me and you on the bench waiting yeah. for our turn in the layup line. Like, hey, we get that one seventy two percent game check, so I'll take. I'm that. more than okay with that. That's <laughs> fine. I'm. Yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily in the shape to run up and down the court. More hey, than who, who cares? Twice. You're not getting in the game. Mike Scott didn't. <laughs> That's. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Yeah, they made Mike Scott dress just so the Sixers could have eight quote-unquote healthy players where, like, why is Romeo Langford not being told, hey, put on a uniform and sit on the bench? Uh, we, we don't have time for any of that. Uh-huh. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'm, it, this is, it's concerning. It's masks all the time. Basically saying players 
Well, okay, here, I'll read a couple of these because there's a, a ton that Woj tweeted out about five hours ago. Uh, leagues mandating increased mask wearing for players in games except the cooldown chairs. They have to be at least 12 feet apart. Uh, 12 feet from the bench cool and 6 feet apart. Um, yeah, cooldown chairs. Any player who regular, regularly visits inside the home of a team staff member or player for a professional uh, team proposes they must undergo COVID testing at least twice per week. I'm not sure how that's going to be uh, that's going to be watched. Yeah, for the minimum of the next two weeks, pregame meetings in locker rooms are limited to only 10 minutes with masks on. All other meetings with players and team staff must be on the court or in a larger space that allows for six feet of social distancing. On the road, this is this is the crazy ones. Uh, on the road, players and staff cannot leave team hotels except for team activities or emergencies. At home, players and team staff must remain in their residence except to attend team-related activities at the, at the facility or arena, to exercise outside, or to perform essential activities uh, or the occurrence of extraordinary circumstances, which I suppose is basically what we're all supposed to be doing, but good luck enforcing that. You're never going to. You're never going to be able to enforce that. Like, not even a little bit. Players can no longer interact with non-team guests at road hotels. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, yeah. um, uh, stay home, ladies. You're not allowed in yeah. anymore. Uh, I think that'll... That tweet there from Woj will put an end to that. Yeah, this is... We're seeing another Celtics game postponed. Utterly crazy in here. Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know. Does the Celtics getting this weird preferential treatment and not being forced to play a game? I'm watching the Miami Heat play the Sixers tonight, and legitimately, like it's like a men's league game, like yeah. a high level men's league game, yeah, with guys on the court. Not based on the score. I, I don't know what the score is, and when I watched was watching it, it was very early in the first first quarter, so I don't really know where it's at right now. But oh, I know what you mean. Like, but like it, it this is. This, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Sixers missing Tobias Harris and Seth Curry and Shake Milton and and the like. Um, the Heat missing Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, and uh, Kendrick Nunn, so on and so on. This is uh, as much as I like watching Tyrese Maxey play basketball. This isn't really how I wanted it to play out. No, I'd prefer him getting his ten to fifteen minutes off the bench versus him starting and having to score thirty nine points in a losing effort. And also, how was the how was the game against Denver closer than the game against Atlanta? Doesn't make any sense. Makes zero sense. Actually, Atlanta's been Atlanta has been terrible this year. Believe me, I know. Um, well, injuries guy, have, injuries have killed them. Sure, sure. Um, and Trey Young they, and John Collins hate each other. They have they have not been great uh, against the spread. Let's just leave it at mm-hmm. that uh, on a regular basis, and it's been extremely frustrating. So. I don't know how the Sixers weren't able to compete with uh, with that team. Just it's the, the situation is. I think going back to the original question is, is I think there will be some sort of pause at some point. I don't know what that breaking point is because it mm-hmm. feels like we're kind of there. Um, but yeah. I think there will be a pause, and that is where the NHL steps up. <laughs> and 116 straight days of hockey, Chris, oh we're back. Don't make me watch college basketball every night. I hate college basketball is fun, but this hasn't been the, the most captivating season. Also, can we talk about some overreacting? This 76ers team looked unbelievable until the, the coronavirus outbreak, and all of a sudden they've dropped to plus 1,600 at Bavada, the seventh best odds. 
yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 very overreactive. I mean, when you talk about this team at full strength, they look like a team that could win the Eastern Conference. Yep. Like, they can compete with anybody from a defensive standpoint. If they're making three-pointers sh- three and opening up the floor for Ben and Joel, like, it is – that's exactly what we've talked about for multiple years now, and it looks like they finally have that. So for them to, to fly up in odds – feels a little bit disrespectful to me as of right now. Like, you look at Brooklyn, they stink. I don't know what's going on with them, even well, with Durant. That's the disaster. Kyrie's all over the place. And he's like, nah, he like, didn't come to play against the Sixers. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, want like, I didn't want to play. Had too much what? on his mind. What? Imagine telling, uh, you don't have a boss, but imagine telling your boss, like, yeah, um. I'm just not, I don't, I'm not feeling it today. Not today, know. guys. I'm taking some personal time. I'll let you know when I'm back. Just like, man, that is a, you got to think if you're KD right now, you're like, what, what did I do here? Where did I go wrong? Um, and I just yeah. don't get it. They're, they're a weird team. The Bucks are fine. They beat everybody by 15, but they've yet to prove themselves in the playoffs. Um, the Celtics are the Celtics again. They're they're very good. We'll have to contend with them. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, the Eastern Conference hasn't been as as treacherous as I as I thought it might be. Yeah, the that Nets team you're talking about, five and six right now, four and four at home, and they got hammered by the Thunder, led by Al Horford's twenty two and six the other night. I mean, the Thunder are I said it on on the the Better's Delight. The Thunder are the team that I am going to be wagering on, regardless of the spread, almost every night. That team is very exciting, which yeah. is weird considering Al Horford's on it. Uh, I love Shea, and mm. I just think that that team comes to play every night. They come to play every single time. Uh, and, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you can't like that team. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win you, you know, 50 games this season. But they're they're a really fun team. Uh, to watch and, and definitely uh, uh, follow. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They've and they've got a lot of obviously have a ton of picks and a really bright future. I am shocked that they made the decision to bring Pokashevsky over this year. And I guess that it was they drafted him knowing that he wanted to come over. But boy, oh boy, uh, for as talented as he is, he is nowhere near being ready to play in the NBA right now. No, it's definitely been a struggle. For sure. he, he is a beanpole. You see the talent, although you also see that he doesn't quite get that this isn't the Greek two league anymore. And he thinks he can do a little bit more than he can bringing the ball up, passing and taking some threes off the bounce. But man, I, I would have loved to have picked him and let him stay overseas for a couple of years, maybe get over 200 pounds and then give it a try in the NBA. But uh, not the decision they made. It's I guess it's an interesting way to tank, but they're not even I'm- tanking. They're not even tanking. Yeah, I mean, listen, guys. He's he, uh, to me at nineteen, like he's going to eventually grow into that body. Like, I mean, he with, a lot of growing to do. Well, that's fine, but like it, with the NBA, um, you know, training and and off season programs and things like that. Like eventually, he's going to put on size. Uh, it's just going to happen. Plus, mm-hmm. like. Just with the, the general like fact of just getting older, like that's just going to happen. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see to see what happens. But you are right. As of right now, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle. I desperately wanted to figure out a way to get George Hill in that Thunder trade, especially since the 76ers seem to not care about having a backup point guard. 
And uh, I really Why wish would we need one. Really wish that would have happened. By the way, I love Tyrese Maxey. He is not a point guard right now. No, every time he touches the ball, he's going to the basket. He is uh, I mean, very Lou Williamsy. Yeah, there, there is, um, and it was one of the things that I was worried about when we drafted him. Is that's the type of player? Is I mean, if you watched him at Kentucky, that's that's what you get. That's mm. what you got with him. He'd get the ball to the top of the key, and he's going to try to go to the basket and beat his guy one on one. And maybe he'll stop and shoot a jump shot, but for the most part, his game is getting the ball to the basket as best he can. And if he can't get the shot up, he'll, he'll look to pass. But for the most part, when that when that first steps towards the basket, it's almost always going to be a shot. So, I mean. We'll see how it works out. I think he's been a, been a pretty solid fit so far, oh, yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna take some time for him to fully gel and and create that NBA game that we need. Also, a great culture fit, by the way, and I think that's an underrated element of adding players to teams. He's just he's a super hard worker. He's a, just a happy kid. I can see where he and Joel would get along really well, and there's value in that. Oh, for sure, a hundred one hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. I, it'll be interesting. I don't. There's a lot of call to push uh, Danny Green off of that starting lineup and insert Maxi or Shake or somebody like that. I don't necessarily like that idea, but I also don't know that Shake and Maxi can both thrive on the second unit together. No. I, I, Shake's another one who doesn't really look to pass the ball first. No, there's a lot of a lot of him going to the basket a ton. Um, I, to me, to me, I don't know if you could take Danny Green out of the starting lineup. I like, agree. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. He fits perfectly with what you want to do with that starting lineup mm-hmm. and what you want around the two superstars on your team. Like, I don't see any reason to to to, to move him out of there for for Shaker Maxi. Yeah. If anything, you have to figure out a way to get those guys playing time and mixing it up a little bit. Like, yeah, if you want to sub them out as the game goes on and do things and move them around, not necessarily keep them on the court as much at the same time, that's fine. But I I don't see a reason to take Danny Green out of the starting lineup. Especially then you're running back into exactly the same problems the Sixers have struggled with for years in terms of floor spacing. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's do that. We're currently avoiding that. Let's continue to avoid it. All right, well, a topic we couldn't avoid, Gregory, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We're here. There is a final eight, and uh, we're going we're gonna to dig into all of these games here. Let's start with the, sorry, let's start with the Los Angeles Rams, who uh, will now go back to Jared Goff because the Seattle Seahawks knock quarterback out for the second consecutive year in their First round playoff game. They head to Green Bay, take on the Green Bay Packers. Bavada has the Packers minus seven at home. Do we know it's Goff? Wolford's definitely not playing. I believe it is Goff, yes. Okay. Look, can I just say the wild card weekend was very fun. It was. Six games is a lot of games, but it was like all day wall to wall football. Yep. Very enjoyable. Let's very, never go very back. Enjoyable. No, absolutely not. Um, if anything, expand the playoffs. 14, 14 yeah. teams in each conference make it. Um, <laughs> just just that one team. And then there's a two-team lottery or a four-team lottery for the first pick. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, but no, it, to me, to, to me, the Rams' defense is, is so dominant and shuts down teams. Yeah. Like, they manhandled the Seahawks every time they played. They didn't always win. 
But they, from a defensive standpoint, shut that team down. And there's less weapons on Green Bay. Now, Green Bay may use their weapons better. Mm. They get the ball to Devontae Adams. They get it in his hands. It's a tough matchup with Jalen Ramsey this week. Now, I know Rodgers is one of the best ever at fitting the ball in where he needs to, back shoulders, yada, yada, yada. But you're going to be asking for a lot out of guys that aren't named Devontae Adams if you're the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, the Packers' defense also isn't isn't the best. I still I think the Packers win, but I think the Rams keep it close. If Akers can play like he did last week, I think that's where we're going here. Even in Lambeau, the cold, yada, yada, yada. If, if the defense for the Rams can step up and do what they did last week, which they've pretty much done all year, I think they can keep it close. Yeah, it'll be an interesting to watch. And it's it's also it's also interesting the uh the difference between starting quarterback ages in the AFC and the NFC. Yeah. The AFC, Baker Mayfield, the oldest quarterback remaining in the playoffs, and he's yet to turn twenty six. In the NFC, I guess Jared Goff is a decade younger than anybody else who is uh, gonna start a quarterback. Makes me feel young, Chris. Yeah. Let me tell you. Numerous those... starting quarterbacks older than you, yeah, that's all ah, right. It's the best. It's literally the best. Because you start to hit a point where you're like, ah, every pro athlete's basically younger than me. And I'm I'm not fully there yet because yeah. I'm still relatively young. But when I see like 40-plus-year-old men starting in, in NFL playoff games, I'm like, yeah, I, st- I, could, I, could still, I could still run outside or, I don't know, do anything athletic and yeah, not well, have to worry about it. The NBA is the worst with that. You see these just children playing professional basketball. And it's only going to get worse in a couple of years when the high school kids can come back out because – High school kids now look like toddlers to me. Yes, so one hundred percent. That's gonna be like that's gonna be interesting. We're just I'm gonna turn on t- the TV one day and you know, and Philly Crone's gonna be out there for the the Golden State Warriors. It's uh, gonna be a real problem for probably for the Warriors as well. But <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens up next. Uh, this is this is probably my game of the weekend. I, I don't know where you stand on it. The Ravens head to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. Bavada has the Bills minus two. You almost feel bad for the Bills in this situation. Yeah. Like, this was not supposed to be how this went. This was supposed to be, like, uh, not an easy game, but, like, the last team you want to see is the Ravens in this right. situation. Like, the Steelers completely, completely, uh, you know, crapping the bed on Sunday night basically leads them to being up against arguably the hottest team in the AFC right now. And the Ravens turned it on, man. They they got down 10 nothing, and they were like, we're, we're just... Lamar, Lamar specifically was like, yeah, this is not happening again. And, you know, that touchdown run was so impressive. And the Bills, the Bills looked somewhat shaky in that game against Indianapolis. I mean, they, they, they struggled early and they kind of got it together. And then late, it wasn't fun. I have a, mm-hmm. a cousin who is a diehard bills fan, former Bills season ticket holder. And he was not happy with the bills performance post game. Mm-hmm. Now may have been beverage induced anger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually he was drinking uh, one of those hugs, you know, the, the things that come in, like the little plastic barrel. No. And they have the cellophane thing, and he was pouring alcohol into that. So oh, okay. it was a very interesting combination. So he's a classy guy. 100%. Um, <laughs> but it it is, to me, a just like the worst case scenario for the Bills here is playing the Ravens. Yeah. 
I stop Lamar on the feet, you have a chance. It's the only way to do it. Learn from what happened last week. Don't get down early, and Easier the Bills can done. win it. Of course, very, very much so. And the Ravens' defense is is very stout. This is it's another game where I could absolutely. I, I actually think the Ravens can win this game outright. I really do. Like they're built for cold weather. Mm-hmm. They don't. They that's the game they play. They have a tough defense. I think the Ravens win this game and, and disappoint a lot of people off in uh, in upstate New York. The money line plus one fifteen at Bavada, and I mean that makes sense too because this is the closest line, uh, the smallest line of any of these playoff games. Not surprising. Not surprising. It is. Uh, it's going to be fun. The Cleveland Browns head to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. The biggest line of the week. Bavada has the Chiefs minus ten at home. Um. Yeah. Listen, the Browns are an unbelievable story. I don't know whether it was the Steelers just being so catastrophically bad. Yeah. Or the Browns being just that good. Like, offensively, the Browns just did whatever they wanted for most of the game, except for towards the end of it. Well, first um, half. Yeah. Like, they, they pushed the Steelers around, and I I don't know. Like, you can't you can't start a playoff game snapping the ball over your quarterback's head for a defensive touchdown. No, like that is, not ideal. No, no. And I don't think the Browns are going to get that luxury necessarily now with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Chiefs' time. We've talked about it all year. They hemmed and hawed. They, they barely show up for games, you know, mm. as the season went on. It seemed like they were just kind of walking through it. Well, now they have to prove that, that they were just walking through some of these games, and it's time to get serious. <sighs> I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say – sitting here and taking every underdog doesn't seem to make sense. Depends on – are the Browns coaches going to be back? Who they knows? Are. They are going to be back. Yeah. And the Browns <sighs> they, also get Denzel Ward, Kevin Johnson, and Joel Petonio back. Yeah, Baker's got the swagger right now, man. They're running hot. I don't know if they, I think they can keep it. I think they can keep it within the number just because that's how Kansas City's kind of played all year and they haven't been blowing people out. I can't believe they'll take the Browns in that situation. Just let's, let's perspective this. You just took the Browns in the divisional round of the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about Think about that statement and where we were with this roster two years ago. This isn't the yeah, but this isn't the Browns two years ago. You know what I mean? They've done an excellent job at building a roster. Like they really have. Their defense is very, very good. Well, Baker, sometimes. Baker, well, Baker figured it out, I guess, to an extent. Uh, they somehow got better when losing Odell Beckham Jr. Like yeah. it's, it's an interesting team, man, and and you feel good for a town that hasn't had any sort of playoff success in in so so long, like. They not even playoff success, just regular success. Right. Um, that I think I think that kind of builds, and they might be able to keep it keep it rolling for one more week. I, I think they I think they lose, but I think they can cover the number. Yeah, this is this is house money for Cleveland at this point. They you have to view this as an incredibly successful season, regardless of the outcome of this week's game. You go into the off season, you looked at a linebacker, you looked at another player on that offense, and another cornerback, and you look like you're a team that can challenge for a Super Bowl next year. Absolutely. And especially, especially talk about house money. I mean, embarrassing the Steelers the way they did. Oh yeah. Like that couldn't have worked out any better. Oh no, there is a, yeah, I will, I'll tell you that story off the air, but (laughs) there is a real chance that the, the Cleveland Browns after just years of being 
second a second class citizen uh, with the Steelers ended the career of Ben Roethlisberger. So that's uh, that's something I think Cleveland fans will will enjoy the thought of. We'll see. The certainly should have he that guy's he's got to go. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. 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 Uh, speaking. Of, I wanted to say like nine things at once, and that was the problem there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. Speaking of the Saints, Drew Brees has announced that he's likely to hang him up after this offseason. The Saints minus three at Bavada. I hate to do it to you, Drew. This is the Bucs outright. It's hard to beat a team three times. The Buccaneers are built to beat this Saints team. Breeze does not look like the same Breeze. The, the, the Saints were begging to get beat by the Bears. Let's yeah. be honest. They, were, they did not look like the Saints that we were used to. I know Michael Thomas had a touchdown. Kamara had the late touchdown in garbage time. But this was, this was not the Saints team mm-hmm. that we have come to expect in any way. The Bucks, on the other hand, they didn't look great in no. Washington, but I think that's just a weird game, weird situation. You're playing a backup quarterback. You know this Saints team. You know what they're looking to do. It is time, Tom, take down Drew, send him home. Great career. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You got your Super Bowl ring. This is Tom's time still. Tom, oh. I, I hate it. Also, the but last time Drew Brees will ever get to be the young guy in a football game. Very bizarre. Very bizarre that that's the case. Um, but I, I, I think that that like as bad as as not dominant as they should have been against that red uh, <clears throat> Washington yep. football team. It'll never stop. Um, no, never. Absolutely not. Uh, Lurie did it yesterday in his press conference, so I think it's okay. Um, as as not dominant as the whole team looked. Brady actually looked very good in that game Sunday or Saturday night. I I think this is I think this is what Brady's built for. It's why he's here. He has all the weapons that he needs. Antonio Brown's clicking. Godwin Godwin dropped like four touchdowns. So I don't know. Yeah. Like like that game should have been way out of hand way earlier than it was. Uh, I love the Bucks in this spot. I think that again, like I said, hard to beat a team three times. Unbelievable cliche. But uh, this is what Brady was brought to Tampa to do. Agreed. I have a question for you here. I'm looking at these uh, these Bavada lines. Which game is the highest over under of the weekend at Bavada? <sighs> Ravens Bills. What if I were to say that's the second lowest? <laughs> really? <laughs> that's cr- dude. These numbers must be super high. Not really. Really? No, Ravens Bills is fifty. Okay, Colts Bills was fifty-one. I mm. didn't think there'd be a ton of games up in the fifties, though. There are three. Uh, which game is which? What's the lowest? I would think Packers Rams would be the lowest. It's the lowest at forty-five and a half. Yeah. That makes so now, sense. now it's now we're fifty-fifty. Who's what's the highest line? There's no way they got swayed by that. That. That Cleveland performance to make that that game—it's got to be—it's got to be Saints Bucks. Has to be. Strike two, and this is a two-strike game. Bavada, Bavada has the over/under for the Browns Chiefs game at fifty-six and a half. That's insanity. That's insanity. There's no way it should be that high. No <laughs> way at all. Uh, I'm less, still less gonna I... take it. 
Because <laughs> never bet the under. Absolutely not. Can't do it. Wait, why do you want to root for not like you want to root to watch a game that has no scoring? That's what I never understand. When I talk to people who are like, "Ooh, I love the under," it was like last night in the college football championship game. That over was like seventy-five points, mm. and it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm absolutely gonna take the over because if I sit here and I watch these these teams go up and down the field like they did in that first quarter, I would have turned the game off. I'd have been like, "I'm an idiot. I'm going to bed. I don't want to watch this anymore." Right. So why not just cheer for points? Fair cheer enough. For points. Last thing I want to hit. I did not see the game, or at least this this version of it. What? Uh... How was the Nickelodeon coverage of the Bears game? I didn't watch a ton of it. Uh, I did see highlights on online. Um, the parts that I did watch, I couldn't get down with the bar at the bottom. It was a weird color. It was just throwing me off, right? Um, I did think the touchdown graphic was very funny, like the the weird slime that's shooting out of the four uh, pylons, like that. That was fun. Um, but but like it, it's. It's built for kids and social media. Like, that's what it is. Like, in reality, the people who were watching it were all, like, my and your age. And they're watching it for the nostalgia factor of, like, all the funny stuff Nickelodeon used to do. And, like, I don't think... Uh, maybe they attracted more kids to watch it because it was on Nickelodeon. But, like, if I'm a parent, I'm like, yeah, man, like, we watch Nickelodeon. Like, I need my kid to stop yelling. Like, get the NFL off Nickelodeon. Give me SpongeBob. Like, what are we doing here? I thought I saw a really funny tweet that I thought was funny. And I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't end up being the case. But somebody tweeted uh, they need to put the Browns game on Nickelodeon so that kids see how hard life really is. (laughs) It's a very good one. It's very accurate. Wish I came up with it. All right. Well, Gregory, that is uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. We managed to not delve too deeply into the Doug Peterson thing, and I take that as a personal win for both of us. Very much so. Plenty of time to get into that. Uh, for Greg Crone, I've been Chris Wardell. This has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.